All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Bo Casaza. I'm here with my mentor, Carly Nathan. Hi. And this recording is going to be our mentor-mentee check-in uh, for in-task standards 6, 7, and 8 for the Moreland University formerly Teach Now teaching certification uh, course. We're going to jump right in by looking at each standard through the guiding questions, starting with standard 6. Our first guiding question for standard 6, which is assessment, is does the candidate use both formative and summative assessments that are aligned to teaching objectives to support and verify student learning and use technology to assess students' understanding of the content? Um, and so I would say that in this particular category, I think I like to use formative assessments from like Turn and Talks mm -hmm. a lot in my lessons. In this lesson in particular, um, I intentionally threw in the Think Pair Share uh, looking back at previous lessons, I've noticed that I use Turn and Talk a lot, like all the time. And so um, just trying to like put some other tools in my toolbox. Of, like, yeah. What can I, how can I accomplish a similar goal? How can I provide that formative assessment and still um, still give students an opportunity to share? So I went with the Think Pair Share. I think it was a good adjustment. It felt all right. It felt like the conversations were a little bit, a little meatier because everyone had had a time to think about it for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the summative assessment that we had, we didn't really have a summative assessment in this lesson. We did kind of a baseline, um, assessment for this particular lesson. I mean, I could all, you could also argue that a summative assessment was done when you had them independently write and preview and predict on their own, the page. Sure. I guess. And so then if we take that line, like. They had about 15 minutes for that yeah. for that summative assessment to do that independent work. I think most students were able to get like uh, two predictions with a preview, uh, working with a partner in their research group. Yes. Um, and so I think in that regard, like we see, I like to use the formative assessments in that way and in the lesson and then summative assessments if we look at it as independent work. Yeah, I think that's a great way. I mean, you also like used assessment to create the groups. Which right. I think is an important part when you're launching a unit. You did a, you intentionally did a pre-assessment. We did literally to like assess their reading levels, and then intentionally made like heterogeneous groups, which is all assessment as well. Yeah. So looking at assessment through that way, really like getting our bearings straight, making sure yeah. everyone's got everything, getting that uh, relevant progress and performance data, seeing where they are, and it'll be great to see the literally assessments. We've done that. This is our second time, right? Like third, yeah. Third, okay. Yeah, this time it was nonfiction, though. So we'll be able to see, like, we can see across genres, like, if, they're, if their uh, skill is growing. And yeah. If they're baselining. Uh, moving on to a second question. Does the candidate use data obtained from assessments to monitor learner progress and guide planning to better meet the needs of the learners? I think in this lesson, right, we had the baseline and then we used it to make our research groups coupled yeah. with literally. So we had kind of two, two assessments that ran in this lesson mm -hmm. um, to kind of influence our unit and to kind of set the tone. So using data in that way, I think it definitely um, mm -hmm. definitely meets the criteria here. Yeah. Um, multiple modes of assessment. One assessment was given in class in a very like formal setting, mm -hmm. or I don't want to say formal, maybe traditional is the better word. And then literally, uh, it's maybe an alternative format, um, giving the kids the agency to do it at home, mm -hmm. complete it as a homework assignment. Um, and then, of course, like using that data, creating those groups to 
give students partners that'll help them grow mm -hmm. as nonfiction readers and learners. We chose to go with the heterogeneous groups on purpose, looking for that growth, giving me an opportunity to work with peers that are either on the same level or slightly above or below, maybe, maybe contribute something else to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some different skills. Uh, question three for number six, does the candidate make proper accommodations and modifications of testing conditions for students with special needs and English language yes. learners? So in this uh, baseline assessment, mm -hmm. we actually had two versions of the questions. Um, and there was a group, of, there were a group of students, um, students with uh, learning plans who received, everyone received the same questions, but the questions, uh, some questions were given, uh, the information was chunked mm -hmm. into bullet points specifically, and students who would benefit from that support or need that support were given that, were given that to uh, kind of unpack the larger questions. And then also um, in the assessment group, we had a group, a main group in here in the classroom. And then uh, Ms. Nathan, you took a group and worked with a small group in the hallway, pulling yeah. those students again who'd benefit from not only the separate space, but from the small group environment. Mm -hmm. And well. having it, I would even say, I would even add on to that, you know, those are students who need the text to be read to them in order for them to access the information just given their um, profiles, their learning profiles. Yeah. Right. So lots of differentiation in how it was presented um, and all informative data that we needed and wanted, but given at, at their access point. Yeah. Nice. So looking at standard seven, We've got two questions for standard seven. Standard seven is planning for instruction in particular. Our first question, does the candidate utilize evidence-based instructional strategies and technology to plan effective instruction that supports each student in meeting rigorous learning goals? So I think in this lesson, we talked about some of the differentiation that was used in the baseline assessment. Um, and then looking at the differentiation or the technology used rather, sorry, in the lesson itself. We see the slide deck, um, which is a kind of a common theme, mm -hmm. a piece of technology that we like to use. Um, you know, we do use, uh, we use like a front row system as well to make sure that our acoustics make sure that we're heard and that everyone, no matter where they're sitting in the room, can um, is able to hear instructions and able to hear strategies and techniques, able to really attend to the lesson. and. When we're looking at this lesson, we see like technology, we're using it, um, kind of having the students work um, on specific worksheets, maybe looking, not necessarily working with their iPads, but working with yeah. different skills. Um, I don't know, like the technology is a kind of a tricky, tricky piece here. I see the differentiation in the lesson, but yeah, I'm kind of struggling to look at the, at the technology in particular here. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they use the technology at home, like learning ally for homework. And I think it's something that we could give as an option or like Epic where they can be read to like to students in the class who may need it. Um, and we can continue to explore that as we go through this unit. Yeah, and we've we brought Epic in in other in lessons other as lessons, well. Yeah. So, so they're familiar with the platform. Familiar with the platform. It might be something we try in the future here. Um, second question, does the candidate utilize assessment data and knowledge of student mm -hmm. interest to plan appropriate sequencing of learning experiences, starting with simple examples and progressing to more difficult examples and include explicit instruction on new concepts? So I think in this particular, in this lesson, um, we saw, you know, the assessment data from both assessments was utilized to create the groups, mm -hmm. our research groups for the entire unit. 
And then um, looking at the lesson in particular, we see, um, you know, not only uh, did students have the opportunity to see it modeled, uh, both incorrectly and correctly, mm-hmm. students got the opportunity to try the skill themselves, try one part of it, and then come back for a debrief. And then they also had the benefit of seeing us as a team Mm -hmm. model that same preview predict skill. And that's kind of been the format. That'll be the format for the unit as well, kind of making sure that we're modeling these nonfiction skills that we're asking them to use. Um, I also felt like in your modeling of like what not to do, it was like super appropriate to to anti- or appropriate and like clearly showed that you were anticipating what students may do wrong, which I think is like something we've talked about is like, how do you like anticipate where students are gonna have a hiccup or do something wrong? Like you clearly brought that in when you were modeling what not to do. So I thought that was really great. Awesome. Yeah, that's been a, that's been something to work on It really yeah. like taking it to that next level of like, yeah. where, where are the roadblocks gonna be, where are speed bones gonna be? Nice. So moving on to standard eight, final standard here. We got two questions for standard eight. Yeah. Does the candidate monitor student learning, apply appropriate instructional strategies, and adjust instruction based on assessment data to support learning? Um, Standard eight is instructional strategies specifically. Um, So I think, once again, looking at um, this first question, talking about instructional strategies and monitoring student learning, Um, I think we're looking at the assessment data and then we're monitoring the student learning by rotating throughout the classroom, checking in with various groups and partnerships to see where students are, to see what materials they're using. Um, And I think for the most part, what I noticed um, was that partnerships, given the time that they had, which is about 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. I think most partnerships were able to preview a book together and get um, a couple of predictions down. I think we had at least one kind of high flyer, the term I'll use, um, who asked to kind of preview multiple books. Yeah. Um, and I was willing to make that kind of accommodation um, to give them that opportunity to kind of flex the muscle a little bit and get more comfortable with the skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this particular lesson, technology, there's there was technology in the assessments and technology in the slide deck. Um, and I think the uh, the lesson itself could be adjusted to either speed up, meaning previewing and predicting for more material or slow yeah. down to really like, let's zero in on a specific page yeah. and take a look at it. Um, do you want to move on to the last question here? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, awesome. Does the candidate regularly and effectively ask questions to stimulate discussion that serves different purposes with the goal of helping students develop higher order thinking skills. Yeah, so one of the things I'm thinking about in particular here in this lesson um, is you're looking at the two the two ways that I modeled, uh, mm-hmm. both incorrectly having students no, notice, ask, what did I do there? And then yeah. having them think about, oh, well, that wasn't what he, not only was that not what he said he was going to do, yeah. but it didn't achieve the goal. Yeah. Um, and then comparing and contrasting that with the correct modeling. Totally. Like, what did that, what were the differences? Mm, what was yeah. different? I think most students identified in particular that like, hey, the second go around, uh, you like read some topic sentences, read yeah. subheadings, read the t- read uh, some main questions, and then were able to make an accurate prediction totally. based on your previewing. Uh, and so I think we see it, I saw it in those two parts and then. And I think you did a really good job. Like I remember someone sharing 
something about like looking at the images, which is not where you wanted them to go. And you coached that person in a really positive way towards like, yeah, that's helpful, but that's not really helping me predict. I should be looking at these. Um, and then I just think too, you also developed higher level order thinking skills when you were uh, circulating the classroom and asking students a variety of questions, whether it was simply like, what am I looking, what are you looking at on this page versus, oh, what are you, um, what is your prediction for what this will be about? Did you check your prediction? And you were definitely meeting students where they were at depending on um, their assessment data and where they were. Cool, cool. Well, that wraps up our guiding questions for standards six, seven, and nice. eight. Uh, I think we've hit a new milestone right now. This is our longest uh, collection yet. So congrats to us for setting a PR. <laughs> and uh, awesome. We'll awesome. sign it off there.